0: I'm Holly, I'm Leslie, and we would be dead.
1: Interesting week. We have a little, like, kind of a new thing for you guys this week. Mm-hmm. True crime has a way of moving either very, very slowly or super duper fast, <laughs> and there's like no in between. If I if I've realized anything at all from our time doing this, it is that right. <laughs> you got the first forty eight or twenty years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. So when we cover a case, for the most part, we have finished relaying our information about it. We're like, well, that's all we got, you know. (laughs) But here's the thing, you guys. Investigations don't stop when we stop. No? I know. Everything should revolve around us. I know. But it does Like, we moved on. We did. So So it must be done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank goodness that isn't the case because I don't want that responsibility. No, no. Can you imagine? Nor I. Guess, I. <laughs> I guess we'll never stop talking about everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're stressed out enough as it is. So a bunch of cases we've covered um, in the past few years have received rather significant updates, especially just in 2022 alone. I know it's 2023, you guys. I'm, I'm looking back. <laughs> um, some, some of these cases we covered just weeks ago, and some of them we covered like in our first season. So we decided that we're going to periodically bring you all some of these updates because we like to do our due diligence to the victims and their families and all of the people who work tirelessly for justice. So we're going to keep everybody up to date. Great. Cuckoo. Cool. And behind the scenes, we never stop reading about the people we have talked about here. Mm -mm. First of all, our algorithms are covered in them. They're going to come up forever. (laughs) Um, And second of all, once you've told someone's entire life story, like, you're not going to forget them. Yeah, you're like invested now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And when you add the time that it takes to churn out an episode every week to that time, it can get pretty chaotic over here. Sometimes we forget to sleep or eat or like come out of the office Mm, mm -hmm, Yeah, it's a lot in addition to all of those things i also have the very important job of overthinking every single thing we say for like a week or so Mm -hmm. which is also time consuming so you could imagine how this might cause a lapse in skincare practices for sure yeah i know you tell me not to let it but i know it's very important i can't always listen which is not good so how can i make up for neglecting my skin for weeks at a time Well, usually I don't subscribe to quick fix, like, miracle things. You know, those are a scam. They are. Except for one. One is not a scam. Oh. (laughs) One magic elixir that I know for a fact can revive even the saddest of complexions. My goodness. All we need is a few dewy drops of... Validation, a hill worth dying on. Came out of the basement this
0: week. Yeah. (laughs) Very (laughs) nice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and best of all, Leslie, our fiends can give us this priceless ingredient and it won't cost them a thing. But how? But how, you must be asking yourself yes. loudly and <laughs> with confidence. For free? Yeah, for free. <laughs> Who doesn't love free stuff? It's the best. Oh no. Well, I will tell you how. Simply head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and or a friendly review. It really is the only way to move this podcast forward. Ratings and reviews equal attention, attention equals support, and support equals more and better content for you. Isn't that nice? That sounds really nice. I really like it. But if you just cannot wait for more We Would Be Dead in your life, and who could blame you, don't worry, you don't have to. You can support us over on Patreon! Patreon. Woo! Peppy. There for just a few dollars a month, you will gain access to our entire catalog of 30-minute horror movies special mini-sodes, our weekly after-show, Host Mortem, which is available in both video and audio formats. Maybe you want to see our faces. Maybe you don't. Both are okay. You'll also get a special gift in the mail from us. There's giveaways, merch deals, an on-air toast dedicated just to you and more. In all honesty, we are here thanks to our patrons, so come on over and be part of the We Would Be Dead family.
0: Sounds so nice.
1: It is super nice. And if all of that is a little too much for you, you can simply follow us on social media. We are at would be dead pod, anywhere and everywhere you get your content. You can like our posts, share our posts, like and share our posts.
0: That's a good one.
1: That's the best one. Mm-hmm. Leave us a comment, post about your favorite episode. Let us know when you're listening. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell that uh, guy you see on your daily walk that sometimes is like riding that weird bike. I mean, you know it's probably better for his knees or easier on his back or something, but still, it's like, super weird. I feel like that is also Carl. Oh, Carl has, like, another occupation. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And I say his because I've never seen a single woman on one of those things. No, no lady, no lady Not one time. (laughs) Okay, so that's also Carl. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Then your friends and Carl can become fiends. If he's not already, like, get it together. I know. Get in here, Carl. Well, maybe he could tell his other, like, biker friend. Maybe he has a club and they all
0: ride those weird bikes. Yeah. They're probably all from Cape May.
1: They probably are all from Cape May. You know what? They can become fiends too. And then we can all hang out together. Wonderful. With those guys. Great. They're healthy. Yeah. Maybe they'll let us try their weird bike. Mm -hmm. That could Mm -hmm. be fun. Yeah, They probably
0: all get together on like a Saturday morning, They're like laying back and their little bikes are going, "Yeah I can't." I,
1: can't. Uh, I think that's oh no, wait, we do have one additional announcement that I should have written in and didn't. Um, we have a fundraiser happening right now that my daughter Violet actually kind of took the reins for.: Yeah. yeah she um, designed us a sticker. It's a really awesome sticker. It's a, a skull, and it's on a rainbow background and it says we would be proud. And this sticker, um, all the proceeds, I think it's $10 donation mm-hmm. to the Trevor Project because Leslie does all the business. I, I am not a business yeah. person. <laughs> so why don't you give us a little more of the business end of this? Yeah. So we have it set up through
0: our link in our uh, buy com. Mm-hmm. So I have the link set up on our pages and you can just go there and you'll be, it'll say like the Trevor Project sticker, donate to the Trevor Project and we'll post it a bunch of times. But uh, just in one day, we raised $180 so far. So Violet is so proud. I know. She should be.
1: She really is. We would be
0: proud.
1: We would be. (laughs) Yeah. So um, Violet has some experiences in her past with bullying. Mm -hmm. And um, she wanted to think of a way for Pride Month that she could kind of give back to people she knows have been bullied. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, you know, we have family and lots of close friends that are... In the LGBT, I always confuse those two letters, LGBTQIA plus community. And you know, as kids get a little older, they learn more and more about the world around them. You try and shield your kid from a lot, but you can't forever. Mm-hmm. And as she's learning about some of the injustices that happen to people in this community and associating that with the fact that she loves people in this community. Mm-hmm. It was very like, disturbing to her. She didn't like how that felt. I mean, obviously nobody likes it, but she did want to do something, which for a 12 year old is pretty impressive. Right. So, um, yeah, we're going to carry out that fundraiser for a while. Get your ticket, uh, ticket, <laughs> your sticker, get your sticker, display it for pride month. Um, if you have one, take a picture of where you put it. We'd love to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'd love to show Violet because she's really, um, feels really strongly and proud of this. So anyway, yeah, get a sticker, donate to the Trevor project. They do great work. We will provide a link in our show notes to the Trevor Project as well, so you can read about um, what they do. Pretty well known charity. So I was just figuring most people know at this point, Mm -hmm. but read, read, donate everywhere. Put all the information right on the page, too. You're a pro. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Do you have anything, Leslie, to add before we begin? No, that was it. Oh, okay. We did it. (laughs) We did it. All right, then, on with the show. Okay, fiends, let the updates begin. This week, ooh, a drum roll. I, don't know why, I just felt like we needed it. I mean, I did like it. <laughs> Clearly, I got excited about it. Yeah. So this week, we'll give you the update rundown on the Delphi murders, the case of Khalil Wheeler Weaver, the Florida clown murder, and some extras on Rebecca Gould, whose case is a basically steady stream of daily evolution thanks to the tireless efforts of the team over at the unsolved murder of Rebecca Gould Facebook board. Mm. I mean, every day, eh, eh, every day, they have new stuff. It's, it's so much. Actually, I just got a message from her here. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so let's, let's start with Rebecca Gould's case. Obviously. Right. <laughs> it's our most recent one anyway. That was just a couple weeks ago. We did two parts on Rebecca Gould. Uh, And first of all, I'd like to send out a big thanks to Jennifer Bushaltz for um, sharing our episodes on Rebecca. That was really awesome. Um, And I was able to speak to Jennifer through DM this past week. And she is just as cool and smart and kind as we all would have hoped that she could be. Um, And she had some information for us. And just uh, a correction or two, which -hmm. we're always here for. There is a deluge of information on this case. And you know, I'm, I'm human, I'm not infallible. Sometimes sources will conflict. And every now and then, it doesn't happen often. But every now and then I go with the wrong one. Mm -hmm. I'm a human. So one correction I need to make is that I said Rebecca's hyoid bone was not broken. And I found this information in an article that seemed to have a lot of science to back it up. It seemed to be coming from like medical examiners or something. But you know what, anybody can fake just about anything. But they were wrong. And Jennifer told me that Rebecca's hyoid bone was actually broken in three places. Mm. And this is the message I just two seconds ago got from her. She says, with regards to that broken hyoid bone, if you want, you can tell listeners that the hyoid most commonly breaks as a result of manual strangulation. Where someone puts their hands on the victim's neck versus ligature strangulation, where someone wraps something around the victim's neck and pulls it tight, which I did not know. That is very interesting. Williams claimed to have used a necktie to strangle her, but I am skeptical of that due to the above well documented statistics. Mm. So that puts another monkey wrench in all of that information, but it is very important info to have because it does open the possibility of strangulation back up pretty significantly. It does, yeah. Though the autopsy report does state that Rebecca died of blunt force injuries, that doesn't mean that Rebecca wasn't strangled first or during this assault. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. But it is very worth mentioning. And um, so sorry I got that wrong. Thank you, Jennifer, for correcting me. And it also, like transfers a little bit more weight over to the theory that perhaps Rebecca was killed the night before she went missing. Mm -hmm. Rebecca's car had tinted windows and Casey was seen being dropped off at Sonic in her car by someone, but that someone never exited the vehicle and nobody saw into the car. Mm. So people speculate that a strangulation uh, could have occurred during a fight the night before. Right. And then the blunt force injuries could have been like, to ensure that fight didn't go discovered.
0: Mm -hmm. There's a lot
1: of theories and speculation connected to that. But if you're going to look into it, you should know.
0: You know, it'd be interesting too. I didn't really connect this right away, Mm -hmm. but the car. So I kept seeing pictures of the car. We put pictures of the car in our Mm -hmm. photo suite. And I was kind of like, I don't know why we're looking at pictures of the car necessarily it didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. Until now I'm thinking if someone else was driving it, mm-hmm. obviously if they did some DNA testing, maybe they could find like someone else's DNA that normally wouldn't be in there like Williams. But also... If um, even where the seat that was what I was thinking. Yes,
1: that's so interesting. And now
0: I want to look back at the photo and see like where was the seat lined up with the passenger seat seat? positioned? Because normally, like I'm, I know Rebecca was short. Yeah, me, little tiny lady. And so my seat is always further up than like when the boys sit in the car next to me. Yeah,
1: same. I mean, when when Will uses my car, um, the seat is way back. Yeah. So and it's like usually the same. Yeah, it so, like
0: goes next to the passenger seat almost. So it's like, yeah. whereas if she was driving, it might have been pushed up more.
1: That is so interesting. And, and if I just lean back, girls don't like really no, lean back no. as much as guys do in cars. You're totally right. Plus, like you could foreseeably, if you had any theories as to who could have been driving that car, where do they position their seat? Yeah. Did it match? Mm-hmm. And would they have thought to put it back? Because I never yeah. do. No, I never do either. Put it Some back. cars have like an automatic memory where they put it back to but not like that car. I don't know. I don't think that. No, car I did. think she had. I think
0: that was like,
1: it was like a, an
0: old Chevy. Yeah. yeah.
1: No. <laughs> uh, but I that is very interesting, and I'll I'll drop that into the Facebook board. Okay, and see if we can have a little chat about that one because I would love to know if anybody investigated that. Mm-hmm. That's extremely interesting. Um, and also in regards to like maybe her murder occurred the night before. We know that she, we do have the report that she was seen at the possum trot the morning that she disappeared, and her coffee and breakfast sandwich were found back in the trailer. But we are pretty much just taking this cashier's word for that, because there's no video evidence from the possum trot, and anyone can buy a sandwich and a coffee. The possibility that she bought them more than once there is high because the cashier said she'd been in there before. And you can also remember things, you know, out of order. Mm -hmm. That cashier could have had the best intentions in the world, but remembered a day prior or something. Right. We just don't know. So, again, those things are worthy of thinking of. Uh, Rebecca's group of intrepid investigators have also recently provided us with photos of the suitcase and bedding items that William Miller led police to in the woods. So... Get on the Facebook board and take a look at that because it shows like bedding under leaves and the suitcase that was supposedly hers, clothing items that were found in it. It's very interesting. And it blows my mind that it just sat in the woods all those years and no one found it. Yeah. Like they were looking for her Mm -hmm. and they didn't find that. The whole thing is very perplexing, but that's a little bit of additional information So you guys, if you are invested in this case, like I know a lot of us are, please go over and check that out. Also, to plug our friends who have done so much work on this, uh, Jennifer said that she uh, and George Jared will be at the True Crime Fest uh, NWA on May 20th, and they will be giving a presentation with another update on Rebecca's case. She can't say what about right now. So if you're there, please tell us. Uh, and they will be at a place called Unwind in Jonesboro on May 21st. She's going to give me links to both of these, and we will provide them in the show notes. Go see Jennifer and George and find out more. Yeah, they're great. Total fan. All right. I think that's that's all of the Rebecca stuff we have. Okay. So our next one um, is about the clown murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on February 16th, in our episode titled Strange Love, I told the story of Marlene Warren's terrifying and utterly confusing murder. The Warrens lived in a super bougie development in Wellington, Palm Beach, Florida. Remember, guys, where uh, everyone had an airplane in their yard. Like, this is my airplane driveway. This is my car driveway. Right. Which I always thought having
0: boats was, like, one thing. Yeah. But that's still—that's so normal to me. Yeah, well, because we live by the water. A plane, that's the real flex. Yeah. I mean— Mm-mm. Like when when I have any friend that's just like, oh, we're looking for a house, but I need a big enough driveway for my boat. I'm like, okay, Mr. Oh, Bill your Gates. boat. Okay. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, wait, it's not you, as bad you probably, as a plane.
1: You probably fish or something. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a little recap just for anybody who doesn't remember. On May 26, 1990, Marlene Warren was gunned down in her home by a person dressed as a clown that knocked on the door. The clown came to the door with flowers and balloons, did not speak a word, shot Marlene point-blank, and calmly walked to their car and drove away. Creepy. Yeah. Evidence heavily suggested that the clown in question was a woman named Sheila Keene, who friends and neighbors all claimed had been having an affair with Marlene's husband, Mike. Years later, Sheila and Mike got married. Whoops. What? Yeah, pretty sure that affair was real, even though the pair swears that, like, they didn't start dating until afterwards. Mm -hmm. Sure you didn't. On September 27th, 2017, Sheila Keene Warren was arrested for Marlene's murder and detained. We knew this when we covered the case. And we also knew that trials take a while to come to fruition. But this one, like so many others, endured even further delays due to covid But on Tuesday, April 25th, so just a few weeks ago, Sheila Keene Warren finally had her day in court. According to the Palm Beach Post, quote, Sheila Keene Warren, 59, pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in a deal that will likely see her released from prison within a year. Oh, my God. This is a roller coaster because at first you're like, she said she was guilty. She's not going to stay in jail that long. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. The case comes to a close after the family of Marlene Warren agreed to the plea deal, CBS affiliate WPEC-TV reported. Long suspected of being the shooter, Keen Warren has been jailed awaiting trial for first-degree murder since 2017 when Palm Beach County Sheriff's investigators said improvements in DNA technology proved that a hair found in the clown's getaway car came from her. Palm Beach County State Attorney Dave Ehrenberg said in a statement that the plea deal, quote, obtained a measure of justice. A measure of justice, I don't like that. For Marlene Warren and her son, no public notice was given for Tuesday's plea hearing in West Palm Beach, which otherwise would have drawn a throng of reporters and spectators. Instead, it was handled quietly during circuit judge Scott Suskower's lunch break from another murder trial. Oh, mm. well, gotta make sure she doesn't have like a lot of press, poor thing. Mm-hmm. Sheila Keen Warren has finally been forced to admit that she was the one who dressed as a clown and took the life of an innocent victim. She will be a convicted murderer for the rest of her days, Judge Ehrenberg said. Her attorney, Greg Rosenfeld, told the Associated Press in a phone interview that, quote, this is an incredible win for Miss Keen Warren. I'm confused. What's I'll get going on? Still okay. insisting that she's not the killer. The deal calls, and this is where it gets interesting, the deal calls for a 12-year sentence for murder. Mm-hmm. But Sheila Keene Warren has already served six years awaiting trial. Also, Florida law in 1990, when the crime was committed, allowed significant time off for good behavior. Mm. So Rosenfeld expects her to be released early next year. Her trial was set to start next month and if convicted, she would have received a life sentence. Originally, prosecutors sought a death sentence, but eventually dropped that. Quote, the state of Florida originally wanted to execute her, but now she was going home in 10 months, Rosenfeld said. Quote, while it was difficult to plead guilty to a crime she did not commit, it was kind of a no-brainer when there's a guarantee you will be home with your family. Marlene Warren's son, Joseph Ahrens, watched the proceedings online. Only 21 when he saw his mother murdered. And now in his 50s, his only message to the court and to Sheila Keene Warren was, quote, may God be with her. Wait, time out. He was... Oh, yeah, wait. When, when was so she shot? I'm going to break it down. She was shot in 1990. Okay, okay. this is a tricky one. Yeah. Okay. So here's what happened. Originally, when Sheila was charged, mm-hmm. she pled not guilty. Mm -hmm. Her trial was scheduled for a month from April 25th, so it's sometime in in May, I guess. But she decided to change her plea to guilty after making a deal with the prosecutor. But what she's doing is saying, well, this deal was so good that I admitted to a murder I didn't commit Mm -hmm. because it would get me out of jail the fastest. Right. Because we all are fine admitting to murders We didn't commit Mm -hmm. publicly. I know. I mean, I will say, though, that that
0: is the case for some people. Yeah, it is. It doesn't make sense to me that anybody else killed. But here's the other interesting
1: thing. (laughs) I know it doesn't. There's DNA evidence. What are you doing? Here's the other interesting thing. Now, in most other cases, when someone admits to a crime in court that they publicly still maintain they didn't commit, there is the use of an Alford plea, which is usually when someone says, I'm not saying I did this, but I acknowledge that you have enough evidence in a court of law to make a jury think that I did, to prove to a jury that I did. I'm going to lose this case. I know it. I didn't do it, but I'm going to lose. So I'm going to take your plea deal and I'll sign this thing that says, okay, you can beat me if this was a game. Mm-hmm. She didn't do that. Right. She just said she was guilty. That's all. Yeah. And then she walked out of the court and was like, well, I just wanted this whole nasty thing to be behind us. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, it <sighs> is. It's going to be behind her. It is. It is. And while we don't know exactly how long she's going to stay in jail, it's probable that it will be like maybe a year. hmm And she maintains her innocence ardently. And her lawyers are just saying the whole thing is a great big win. Right. And it's gross. It is so, so gross.
0: Is there any chance for her to be in prison forever? No. No. Okay. So it's at least 12 years or at most 12 years. Well, she was, yeah, but she's already served six. Right. So it's at most six years. But is that still something they have to decide if, because sometimes the judge is like, no, we're starting 12 years
1: No, because part of the plea was that she already served it and all this stuff was...
0: The thing is, is, like, these kind of um, endings are yeah. so normal in other countries. They are. Oh. It's just we're so used yeah, to, yeah, yeah. like, everyone getting, like, life sentence or death penalties for murder.
1: Yeah, you're right. They Other countries do offer a lot lighter sentences for murder mm-hmm. a lot Like, of it's times. normal for them to be like, well, you
0: 12 years in prison. Like, you just, you're you not going to do it again, right? Like, there was a reason you just killed that one person. You're done, right?
1: Yeah. You learned. <laughs> there you go. I just, I mean, the judge does have a, a point, though. She is now a admitted murderer forever mm-hmm. in the eyes of the law and in the court of public opinion. So she did, she, it is written down that she said, I killed that woman. Mm-hmm. So she will carry that forever. Sure. So now we'll just bully her to do
0: worse things or to hopefully hide away in a hole.
1: Or to come out and talk to every news media outlet and start a podcast and a Maybe a there'll be a show. Netflix series. Maybe. One never can tell. However, oh. the end of that is such a weird feeling on that end for like anybody who's read about it because you're like, oh, oh. I don't like it. And she can like listen to our podcast. Yeah, well. What's she going to do? I don't know. Nothing. Okay. She's far away. Okay. So that's the update on the uh, on the clown murder, which was, was actually like shocked me. I'm like, oh, my God, she just came out of nowhere and was like, yeah, right. So our, our next one would be the uh, case of Khalil Wheeler Weaver. And we did this longer ago. Uh, so on August 4th, 2021, in our episode called Tagged Me to Hell, we covered a New Jersey case about a serial killer most of us had never heard of. hmm. Khalil Wheeler-Weaver. So here's the wiki rundown just to refresh everybody's memory. Don't worry, it's short. An Orange, New Jersey resident, Wheeler-Weaver lured his victims using dating apps and murdered three women and attempted to kill a fourth between August 2016 and November 2016. One of the victim's friends created a fake account and lured Wheeler-Weaver to a meeting before notifying police. After a jury found him guilty in 2019, he was convicted of three counts of murder and desecration of human remains, attempted murder, two counts of aggravated sexual assault, aggravated arson, and kidnapping. Woo! Oh, man. And he was sentenced to 160 years in prison. That feels more appropriate. Mm-hmm. He will be eligible for parole, though, in 140 years. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... I mean, hopefully by that time, he'll he'll have some therapy. Be a head and a robot or something. I don't know. (laughs) He's just skin. Yeah. We're just misting him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Khalil Wheeler-Weaver has maintained his innocence, claiming that he was framed. Mm. Okay. Framed, was he? Weren't they all? Now Khalil is in jail. So for a hundred until the end of time or whatever. But his case still managed to get an update. Okay. I don't like this one either. And it has some people wondering if he has done far more than we even know. Mm. So according to NorthJersey.com, quote, Khalil Wheeler Weaver, who was already serving a 160-year sentence for the murder of three women and attempted murder of a fourth during an 88-day killing spree in 2016, was recently indicted in the alleged murder of a fifth victim, 15-year-old Mawa Dumbia. Wheeler Weaver was charged with murdering Dumbia as well as attempted sexual assault of a minor. This one's a minor. Mm. Endangering the welfare of a child and desecration of human remains in March after investigators from the Essex County Prosecutor's Office positively identified her body, which was discovered in an abandoned house in Orange three years after she went missing in October of 2016. Mm. I wonder, I'm like, was it the same house? Because he hid other bodies in a house. Right. Can't be. Like, it can't be. There couldn't have been another one there that they didn't find. Must just be a lot of abandoned houses there. I don't remember the uh, layout of the landscape that I'm sure we did in that episode, but... I have drove through the oranges. Mm-hmm. And it's rough. All right. So, okay. Maybe... So then maybe there's just a lot of them, yeah. right? Terrible traffic. No good at all. <laughs> don't duck in an abandoned house to take a rest. You mm-hmm. could find something you don't want to find. hmm Okay. Yeah. So... Prosecutors say there is, quote, extensive digital evidence showing Wheeler-Weaver met Dumbia online and solicited her for sex before October 7th, 2016, when he is accused of picking her up at her family's home in Newark and taking her to the house in Orange, where authorities claim he strangled her to death, much like his other victims. The killing of Dumbia occurred months before the killings, for which a jury ultimately found Wheeler-Weaver guilty. hmm Now, Since our episode aired, I have also spoken to the medical examiner that worked this case. Yeah, they prefer to keep a low profile. We're not going to say any names in the future. If they want to come on and elaborate, I'll let you know. But what I can tell you is that this was hellacious. Like, the the crimes were absolutely horrible. And, you know, finding this woman three years after Mm -hmm. her murder, all of it's awful. And based on the four and now five murders that we know of, I mean... A lot of investigators think that there's kind of no way of telling how many more could be out there. So sad. Yeah, it's sad and scary. Mm -hmm. Because if he's targeting people, he's soliciting online for sex. And we know one of them was a sex worker. Mm -hmm. And she just happened to be a badass woman who fought back and like, Mm -hmm. they were able to all team up and catfish him into being caught, which is why the story is sort of famous because it's the catfish one. That doesn't mean that all... Uh, sex workers have that in them. Right. They're not all people with huge, fr- with like strong friend groups mm-hmm. or the inner strength to fight back. Mm-hmm. They could be someone who is um, what a lot of sources will call the less dead. Mm-hmm. They just don't leave a trail. They don't have family. Nobody's looking for them. Mm-hmm. We don't know that they're gone. So sad. It's really sad. And if any of those women ended up talking to him, we would never know. Yeah. So that's creepy. It really is. Yeah. I don't love that. I do love that he is in jail for such an astronomical amount of years. Like nobody lives that long. No. (laughs) But I like that the judge was like 160 years. Yeah. (laughs) So good. (laughs) That makes a statement. I like it. You know, if
0: reincarnation is a thing, Your back is a pony? Pony jail for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not a pony. Wouldn't that that be wild, though, if we could, like, tell that? Yeah. Like, if if we were just all, if we all believed in reincarnation Mm -hmm. and we could tell.
1: And then your soul just pinged inside something else and you were like, ah, back to jail. (laughs) And it would be
0: determined by, like, five-year-olds of the world because, you know, around five years old, a lot of kids can usually tell things
1: like, like, oh, this is like my aunt or something. You're like, wait, what? What animal do you think a five-year-old would have assigned this atrocious criminal? Not a pony. That was just what came out of my mouth. I don't know, like a sloth. Sloths are cute. I'm going to yeah, say but they some just, sort of But like, that would
0: be so easy to just keep in a prison. They could just like
1: hang there all day. I'm going to go for some kind of like filthy scavenger animal. Mm. Like gum. Hmm. I don't know. I'd say like a vulture. Okay. Okay. Something that like is carrion eating and unpleasant to look at. Yeah. I mean, they do provide a service. Well, like a ferret could do with
0: them. Weasel.
1: (laughs) Yeah, something more fitting. And then they were like, "Ugh, you vulture jail for you, weasel jail for you." Yeah. What if there was weasel jail? We both we both sat here, thought about it, looked off into space, and thought about what it would look like.
0: I feel like the zoo.
1: Just like- I feel like it would have a lot of tiny little cells, just like stacked one on top of the other, yeah. It's just all weasels staring out little tiny bars, like mm-hmm, I'm in jail <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's the update on that one. you okay. we really went on a run with that. Sure that did. was delightful. <laughs> um but yeah, um, so and last but not least, we have the case with perhaps the most significant update. So this is an update on the Delphi murders, which would be the murders of best friends, 13-year-old Abigail Williams, and 14-year-old Liberty German that occurred on February 14th, 2017. Th- this case is always so difficult to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's awful. And we did go over this, if you're a patron and host mortem, when these updates occurred. I have more organized details today, but we did talk about it pretty quickly. So this case captured the public, uh, the attention of the public pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And was particularly terrifying because not only were Abby and Libby children and kid cases are awful, but Libby also had a smartphone and that phone had on it a video of the man thought to be their killer. Now, this is this makes it different. You find a video like this, you know, we don't know much about it, but I'll get to it in a second. But it's very cryptic and creepy that they had that. And good on them for having the presence of thought to do that. Yeah. But um. So here's a little tiny recap, though most of you guys don't need it just in case you're scratching your head. The girls went missing from the Monon High Bridge Trail in Delphi, Indiana on the 13th of February. They had the day off from school and were dropped off there but never showed up when they, were, um, when they were supposed to be picked up. The next day, their bodies were discovered just off the trail, half a mile from the bridge on the bank of Deer Creek. Along with the bodies, authorities found Libby's smartphone, which contained a video of the man they believed to be their killer. A police sketch of this man, who the public called Bridge Guy, was put out as were audio clips from this video. And the clips were of a man's voice saying, guys, down the hill. And if that doesn't make you remember what I'm talking about, I don't know what will, because that audio clip is everywhere. Yeah. It's it's very easy to listen to. And it is suspected that the video um, in its entirety was not released because it's pretty awful to watch. Um. So... We covered this case on April 20th, 2021 in an episode called Today's the Day. The title is an homage to the Daily Mantra the girls' families and local law enforcement repeated every single day until the murderer was caught. Today's the day. Every day. The day they would get justice. Because mm-hmm. they knew it was coming. Right. Though it was a long time coming and extremely hard one, October 26, 2022 was in fact the day. And Delphi police made an arrest. And on October 31st, they held a press conference saying that a suspect had been charged in the murders. They couldn't tell us much about this suspect as it was their wish to keep the documents sealed at that time. But what the public did know was that the suspect was a local man named Richard Allen. Richard is around 50 years old. He's married with kids. And um, he works at the local CVS developing photos. I hate it so much. Mm -hmm. He had even developed pictures for Libby and Abby's memorial service for their family, free of charge. There are photos of this guy in a bar and in like the CVS break room sitting by like a bulletin board and on the bulletin board is the sketch of the bridge guy. And if you look at this side by side, I don't know how anybody looked at him sitting there and didn't go, hey, is that you? Because like the sketch is accurate. It does look like him. Mm hmm. It's just one
0: of those things, like it's like in hidden in plain sight. Kind oh, of for thing, sure, you know? which
1: is so wild because you never sit there in your local bar and go, "Oh yeah, that's uh, that guy."
0: You know what else too? So sometimes those caricatures are hard because mm-hmm. they do them with such a serious face or like a a sad face sometimes. Or they're or just or
1: a little off.
0: They're just a little off, but when you are speaking with like that person. Mm-hmm. They're usually, I mean, if he he seemed like he was a family man, he worked at CVS. Yeah, he was probably bubbly. probably smiled a lot. Like, he probably doesn't have the same facial recognition. As, probably, yeah. But if you take his, like, what was it like the jail full fol- Mugshot. Like, sorry, yeah, the yeah the mug shot. Could not get that word out. It <laughs> like, photo would not come out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you take like the mugshot compared to that, that's mm-hmm. where it's probably similar because he's doing a serious, like, not smiling face. I mean,
1: you're not wrong because everyone was like, we would never have expected him. He would, like, sit out on his lawn in a chair and drink a couple beers and talk to his neighbors. He was totally unassuming. We saw him in CVS all the time. He was the epitome of what we mention every week in our opening speech. Yeah. A member of your community that you see all of the time and they just kind of exist in an invisible space. They're just there. I hate it. I hate it too.
0: It reminds me of uh, that Robin Williams movie, One Hour Photo. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I don't love that. I don't. I only saw it once, so I actually kind of forget what it's about. I just know it was real creepy. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you, we need to go there.
1: <laughs> so, after that bombshell was dropped, and it was, you know, just a couple lines. This was a very short press conference. Um, the families of the victims kind of said, listen, we're telling you this, but, like, we need you to not Try and dig up anything else because this is very delicate right now. Mm -hmm. And we need the police to be able to do their job. Right. Not everybody listened, obviously. However, the probable cause affidavit was kept under lock and key, it was kept secret at that time. The police were like, we can't like release all the stuff. We got to find some stuff out first. And so the public waited a long month to find out what happened. But in the meantime, there was some other information available. The last lead we had all heard about leading up to this arrest, and if you will think back to headlines, you will remember that it was that Libby had spoken to a catfish profile on Snapchat with the username Anthony Shots. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember when this headline went around, it was pictures of this guy's snap profile and the request for if anyone knows this person, this account, whatever, please give us all of the information you have on them. Or if you have been messaged by them, let us know. Mm-hmm. And other people had, clearly. And we didn't We didn't know right away who Anthony was. They were asking for that. But we could, anybody with like a brain cell in MTV knew that those photos were probably not Anthony's shots. Mm-hmm. And they weren't. They were of a male model, obviously. That's how catfishing works. Um, and if it's too good to be true, you guys, it's, Too good to be true. Mm -hmm. That's that's just how it goes. But you know what? When you're 13 and 14, that doesn't enter your mind. Right. Hence why, when my daughter's Snapchat got hacked, I lost my whole entire mind. Right. I could not function because this case will never leave my brain. Mm -hmm. And probably for the better. I I prefer knowing these things have happened. Then you can protect your child better. Yeah. So, anyway. Information is power, Holly. You're right. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. The more you know. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, with a little digging, the Indiana State Police were able to link this profile back to a 28-year-old man named Kegan Klein. Not Kegan, Kegan, because he was named after a keg. Ew. Not kidding. Sounds like I'm kidding, right? I'm not. No, I wouldn't. Oh, what a terrible joke. His face matches (laughs) that. Anyway. So according to the U.S. Sun, quote, Kegan Klein, 28, has never been charged or named as a suspect in the murder of the best friends in Indiana five and a half years ago. However, one of his catfish social media accounts, at Anthony Shots, was allegedly in contact with Libby before she died. Klein admitted to using fake profiles on Instagram and Snapchat to lure underage girls into sending nude photos after his social media activity was probed by cops in 2020. But Kagan Klein had been on the police's radar as early as 2017 because on February 25th, just a couple weeks after Abby and Libby's murder, police raided a home in Peru, Miami County, where Kagan and his father lived, and they found over 100 photos and videos of underage girls on several electronic Mm. devices. Now, We know Kagan has never been charged in these murders, and he claimed not to know Libby or Abby. And maybe he didn't, but Anthony sure did. He spoke to Libby via Snapchat. Social media messages uncovered by investigators indicate Libby thought she was going to meet Anthony Schatz the next day at the Monon High Bridge. And a word on Snapchat. Snapchat's thing is that everything is, like, disappears. So, like, your pictures only exist for a few seconds, or as long as you view them, and then they're gone. Your chats only exist for as long as you're in them and then they're gone. But guess what, you guys? They are not gone. Mm -hmm. They're not gone. You can get them. Yeah. They all get stored in data. Yeah. So, like, don't live under the false security that you can do evil shit under the protective veil of Snapchat. That's not Mm -hmm. a thing. Also, like, don't make bad decisions on Snapchat. Yeah. Anyway, so, at first, when presented with all this shit, Kagan tried to throw his father under the bus. He said, well, my dad used the Anthony Schatz profile, and he probably did it. What? But then it was real that his father wasn't the only one with access to this profile. And there was like evidence that he didn't do it. So fine, fine. But here's the deal. Kagan is a pedophile piece of shit. Fine. But he's also a business pedophile piece of shit. Mm. He created a bunch of profiles like Anthony Schatz profiles of male models that lured young girls in, had them take compromising pictures of themselves, and then he sold access to these accounts to other pedophiles so they could talk to a real live little girl via Snapchat who had been pre-groomed for their um, enjoyment. Ew. Yeah, so he put in all the work, the backstory, mm-hmm. and then these guys just came in, paid him for passwords to this account, and were able to, talk, to like do whatever they want talking to these girls. Of course, he will say like, well... This wasn't in real life. It was just over the internet. I didn't think anybody was going to get hurt. Okay. Well, I feel like you don't. Anyway, so but anyone with a dark web browser and some cold hard cash could could purchase access access to these catfish accounts from Kegan. And if he does does this, other people do this. Right, he's not the He only is one. not the only one. I will not give him credit for being that smart. Yeah. But just like know that that is a thing that's out in the world. Right. Know that there are horrible people that can buy access to accounts who have gained your child's trust and then do shit like this. Yeah. So um, if your kid has a smartphone, that's your smartphone. Right. And you can look at it whenever you want. And you should.
0: Mm-hmm. You got to know what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same as chat rooms when we were little. It's just on different platforms.
1: For so. sure. For sure. But also, and we've talked about this before. We never, we had the fear of kidnappers. Yeah. Meeting one of those people in real life, would you have ever met an internet person in real life? No. No, you'd be terrified. Yeah. Not just of what if they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. What if your parents found out? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could
0: get in so much trouble. We just had so many shows that were doing episodes that just terrified us. I mean, I will say that I did have friends that were probably a little bit more risque with things. Like they would have maybe done that. I don't, I mean, I guess there is always the kids that would do it, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I can't say none of our generation would have done that. And I'm sure there are people that did and that they did mean horrible consequences. I'm just saying like looking back on the landscape of social media-ish stuff Mm -hmm. when I was this age, I would have been pretty scared to meet that person. Yes. Yeah. But now that it's so much more ubiquitous and everyone has social media and you're talking to people that you do know in real life Mm -hmm. online, you kind of assume the people are honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess I think that's the hard part. I think it's hard when you're talking to a kid nowadays and you mention something about, you know, the like to be careful. Yeah. They kind of give you this look like you're exaggerating. Yep. And you're like, but, but we're not. I never gave that look to my parents.
1: No, neither did but I.
0: Also, dare scared me as a kindergartner, so I don't. Yeah, and I don't feel like they're having those same conversations.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't dare know. If wasn't they are the right effective, but you are. You are correct in that way. Like I yeah. don't think kids. This is gonna sound really bad. I don't think they're scared enough. No, and we we were just told point blank what was going to happen to us. Yeah. I mean, John Mulaney makes a joke of it, but that's but what that's it was what like. happens. Street <laughs> smarts, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I totally I totally get it, and I would be lying if I didn't say that like when I found out that Violet's like snap had been hacked because she trusted this like hacker pro hacker that got into a friend's profile that asked for her password. Mm-hmm. The first thing I did was like, let me tell you about two other girls your age who trusted someone on Snapchat. Yeah. The first thing I did was relay this story. I was like, look, mm-hmm. I don't want to scare scare you or traumatize you, but you need to know what happens. Mm-hmm. And this happened, And they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. Being being
0: aware and being even a little bit scared mm-hmm. is different than actually being traumatized by being put in that situation. Yeah, for sure. You know? And I think that that
1: was the right right thing to do. Yeah. So, again, knowledge is power. It sure is. So, moving on with Kagan. We're not giving him credit for being too smart. According to a CBS News affiliate, quote, Klein allegedly claimed to have received pictures from all the girls he chatted with and had saved them. In his probable cause affidavit, Klein said he received sexual photos and videos of the girls he was messaging. Investigators seized six devices from Klein, including smartphones, a tablet, and iPod Touch, as part, and, and this is all part of the 2017 search warrant on the child sex abuse case, materials case, sorry. The iPod Touch was last used in May of 2015 and contained sexually explicit images of children, according to court documents. Locations for some of the images came back to Hammond or Royal Center, Indiana. One iPhone last used in May of 2015 contained sexual images of girls around the age of 14. The geolocation of the images came back to cities in Indiana, including Bunker Hill, Galveston, Indianapolis, Kokomo, Monterey, and Royal Center. A Samsung Galaxy phone last used in June of 2015 contained sexually explicit images of children between 12 and 17 years old. Another iPhone investigators found contained sexual images of children between 12 and 17. Adults involved in sexual acts with children between the ages of three and 11 and images of drugs and Klein with a black handgun. That phone was last used November of 2016. The tablet was last used in March of 2016 and showed conversations on Facebook Messenger and the user suggesting the conversations be moved to Kick or Snapchat, according to the probable cause affidavit. Another and and you know, Kick is also one that we've said is like encrypts it or whatever mm-hmm. you can't can't get it. Another Samsung Galaxy phone recovered was factory reset on February 23rd, 2017, nine days after the Delphi murders. A factory reset essentially wipes all user data from the device. Investigators were able to get information on the device after the reset, and it included discussions about meeting people in Las Vegas and prostitution. On February 27th, 2017, Klein contacted police claiming he had located his iPhone 5, Investigators said they found images of females posing nude, but investigators could not determine their ages. Investigators also found much of the data from Facebook, Instagram, Meet Me, Snapchat, and Twitter had been deleted. A review of the phone found that hours after the police released him, the day they searched his home on February 25th, he had uninstalled and deleted Snapchat and Instagram. Not suspicious at all. The following day, Meet Me, which is an app I'm not familiar with but don't like already, was uninstalled and deleted. The browser search history had also been deleted the morning of February 27th before the phone was turned in to authorities. So that's not shifty at all. Not at all. So how does does that get us to Richard Allen? Well, Kagan's attorney said that he had nothing to do with Abby and Libby's murder. And you know what? I believe that. I don't think he actively was involved in the act of killing them. But he definitely led them to Richard Allen, Mm -hmm. who seems to have had some cash and some computers. On November 29th, Richard's probable cause affidavit. So that's November 29th of 2022 was released. And if we have time when we're done, or maybe over on host mortem another time, we'll comb through it directly because I know a lot of you guys are curious. But here's a synopsis. Essentially, the probable cause affidavit states that in the video on Libby's phone, you can clearly see bridge guy who is obviously Richard Allen, like it, it's, There's a video of you, man. There's Mm -hmm. really not much of a way to hide that. He approaches them and points a gun at them, then instructs them to go down the hill to the spot where their bodies were found. They do so, and then the video cuts off. You hear Abby and Libby saying the word gun several times. Mm -hmm. This is information we did not have prior. On October 13th of 2022, as it turns out, an investigation of Richard's house was carried out where investigators were able to make a link in the chain. Richard had a bunch of knives and a gun. Lots of people have knives and a gun, but this was not just any gun. You see, up until this point, police hadn't told us that they'd found an unspent shell casing in between Abby and Libby's bodies and that most of their clothing was found further down the creek. The shell casing matched Richard's gun, not like his type of gun, his specific gun. Mm. Not only that, for us, forensic experts determined that that casing had been fired out of his gun, but it must've jammed and not gone off. Okay. What we also didn't know until this point was that Richard had admitted to being on Monon High Bridge on the day the girls went missing all the way back in 2017 when police spoke to him. They didn't interview him because people said they saw him. Several witnesses reported seeing him and his car. One even said they had saw, they'd seen him leaving covered in blood. What? We don't know precisely what other evidence was recovered from Richard's house, but we do know that his wife confirmed that he owned the blue Carhartt jacket seen in the Bridge Guy videos. And we're pretty sure he still had it and the cops took it. We think that was part of the evidence. And if it was, there could still be like molecules of DNA on it. They also took technology from him, which could provide possibly the last and final link in this whole nasty affair, proving that Richard was Anthony Schatz at the time of the girl's murder and that he purchased access to this account from Kagan. So if that happens, everybody's in. And I'm hoping there's a way they can link Kagan into this murder too, because he deserves a charge for it. Yeah. But that is not all going to be revealed until Richard's trial, which has been pushed back at the request of the defense. You're going to get really mad. Um, It seems that Richard is having a very hard time in prison because child rapists and murderers um, don't have a great time in prison. Mm -hmm. So according to an NBC News affiliate, quote, a judge will allow Richard Allen, the suspect in the Delphi killings, to be moved to a new prison. Allen has been held at the Westville Correctional Facility since November of 2022. His attorneys claim Allen is being treated worse than inmates and their client is still presumed innocent Allen is being held in maximum security segregation. A judge's order on April 14th will allow for the Department of Corrections to move Allen to another of its facilities that will accommodate his medical and physical needs. The facility would need to meet directives from physicians and psychiatrists with the Department of Corrections. Among his attorney's grievances, so these are his problems, were, quote, Allen's cell was six feet by 10 feet in size. He had to sleep on a pad on the concrete floor. He was only allowed to shower one or two times a week. He was required to wear the same clothes, including underwear, for days that are soiled, stained, tattered, and torn. He did not have the opportunity to visit with his wife or family members in the past five months. The electronic tablet he uses to call family members is monitored by prison officials, and the cost of the calls are being borne by Alan and his family. Yeah, Yeah. you have to pay for your phone calls. Yeah. (laughs) Alan is afforded very little recreational time. Mm Mm-hmm. Information Allen's attorney provided to him to review as part of his defense on March 24th are yet to be provided to him as of April 3rd. It is difficult for his attorneys to meet with him given his segregation and isolation, which keeps him from being able to assist in his defense. His attorneys described um, Allen's conditions as, quote, akin to those of a prisoner of war. He is a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Allen is one of the 22 people currently being housed pre-trial with the Indiana Department of Correction. During a meeting with his attorney on April 3rd, His attorney described Alan as, quote, suffering from various psychotic symptoms, which counsel would describe as schizophrenic and delusional. Mm -mm. In a meeting on April 4th, his attorney claimed that Alan seemed to be suffering from memory loss and an Mm -mm. overall inability to communicate rationally with his attorneys and family members. As such, Alan's attorneys asked for him to be moved to the Cass County Jail or a facility near his lawyers and family. Well, isn't that convenient? Oh, my goodness. Because that sounds like we're working up an insanity defense. Yeah. There's no way. Which, good luck there. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I mean, maybe he's insane now. Maybe they, like, beat him enough. But also, at the time, he existed in society just fine. Just fine. He 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 talked to the police. He's a pedophile. You can't say you didn't know what you did was wrong, and that is the definition of an insanity plea. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, I also I don't have evidence that that's what they're doing. Maybe it's not, mm-hmm. but it sure would seem like it. Right. They're trying to get any
0: sympathy that they can, but mm-hmm. I don't
1: know why they're even trying. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> the The best, and he like lost a lot of weight, and they put all these pictures of him looking all like skinny and stained and scary. But like, here's the thing: um, no, nobody, cares. nobody cares. I'm so sorry. But I'm mad that anybody is paying for him to even still be
0: in that prison alive (laughs) that's what i'm mad about just like it's so frustrating how long these trials take you know know. like especially when like i i understand that there are systems in place but if you have the evidence Mm -hmm. it's frustrating that you can't just go to trial like -hmm. you can't just do it and i do understand maybe if uh, i don't know i don't know just in certain cases i just feel like, just get it over with.
1: Oh, I totally you. could just you. knock this
0: one off. The It's going to be done very
1: fast. <laughs> so one final thing, and it directly relates to what you just said. This decision to move prisons comes on the heels of another decision that was made in January, wherein a jury ruled that the judge trying his case would not be from Delphi, mm-hmm. but instead from Allen County. Mm-hmm. According to court documents, Judge Francis Gull determined that the jury will be drawn from the northeastern Indiana County whose county seat is Fort Wayne, with the trial still taking place in Carroll County. So they said nobody that lives in Delphi can serve on this jury or be a judge. I I understand that. And further, Allen's next hearing is set for June 15th and is expected to cover whether he can be released on bond. No. No! Nobody wants him out there. So, the only reason I am not... I mean, release him. Release him to the wolves. I mean, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only reason I'm not upset that he's in jail right now waiting trial is because the alternative is yeah. not being in jail and awaiting trial. Which, I mean, like, in that way, he could either run away mm-hmm. or take his own life mm-hmm. because he doesn't want to face the consequences. So keep keep him in fucking jail. Yeah. Keep him in the little cell jail. Ugh. So, oh, That's and true. one last fun fact. A transcript of the interview with Kegan Klein was obtained by the Murder Sheet podcast. And it revealed that not only did Klein search for DNA information, but he also searched for the unsolved murder of jean Jean-Benet Ramsey after Libby and Abby's murder. Mm. But these guys weren't supposed to have this transcript. They put in a request for it and got all of it, but like with an, with an error. Oh, wild. And they got it all and went, ah, And they copy all of it. They of immediately, course. this video, they immediately, it's 194 pages long. Right, right. But they copied it lickety-split because, you know, within a day or so, mm-hmm. they were like, no, 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 you can't have that. Never mind. And they're like, mm-hmm. too late. <laughs> of course, yeah. Because they got it legally. They asked for it and got it. It's mm-hmm. their fault that they did the wrong thing. Yeah. But that's the only reason that we know the contents of that interview. It's because yeah. these guys like, whoop. Ooh. Fell, <laughs> fell in it and, and got this information. Oh my gosh. So yeah, uh, I don't think we're gonna have the time to go through Richard Allen's probable cause affidavit today. In fact, I know we're not, but we can do that another time mm-hmm. if you guys want, or we can, um maybe we'll make that patron content.
0: Yeah, well, maybe after, because June 15th, you said? Yeah. So maybe we'll do some more updates because maybe there'll be some other things. To maybe there will. Too. Yeah. Um, what about the one case that we were going to do? um
1: what was the name it was uh, AJ Armstrong yes so okay is
0: does that have an update too get ready
1: okay i don't know if it has an update but i just saw that generation y covered it okay and i and i was like i like gen y so i wasn't mad but i was like how have we wh- has there been movement somewhere what's going on yeah um, because, you know, like Gen Y is a, a networked podcast. It has wondering yeah. behind them and stuff. So they, I don't think they would have done anything that was legally risky at this right, point. They'd right. they have a team to cover that.
0: Because just to remind our listeners, I don't, I feel like we said something on a main feed, but we definitely talked about it in the group and on Patreon. Yes. But we were going to cover AJ, is sure. it Armstrong? AJ Armstrong. Yeah, yeah we were going to cover his case. And then We did all the the work. We we did all the work. And then leading up to it that week, like just a few days before, everything, all of my sources got pulled. Yeah. All of your sources got pulled. They did. So based on everything being pulled, we got, we just, we had everybody on the search for it to see. I know, I know. And then we were wondering, okay, well, maybe they don't want us to talk about it because maybe something's up with the case. And there was going to be an update at the end of the
1: month. This was back in February. Yeah. So there is, it's. It looks like it's just being dragged out. All of the articles I can see as a current update, which I'll I will do more on that. But it says that like the jury selection is going on, mm-hmm. and because that
0: was a big part of the yeah. problem, they wanted to find a. They moved it from Houston, I think, to a different town or to Houston. I forget which. It had been. It's yeah, been a while. <laughs> so I many. Know. So many cities. Um, But they were trying to find the same thing as the Delphi, a jury that might not be biased, that didn't know so much. But this case was. Here's an article from
1: ABC 13, um, which is probably a a Texas affiliate, um, that was published on April 23rd. And they say, yeah, Houston, Texas, jury selection for A.J. Armstrong's third capital murder trial is set to start Monday, despite a motion filed by Armstrong's team Thursday, claiming they needed more time to quote, question a juror from the second trial regarding a dating relationship with a Harris County prosecutor. Mm. The Harris County District Attorney's Office responded to that motion by filing its own strongly worded motion on Friday, seeking continuance. The DA's office criticized the timing of the defense request, writing that the state has been unfairly prejudiced at the present time because of media coverage, which is probably why the media coverage had been pulled Mm -hmm. at certain points in time, which is what we suspected. Sources familiar with the Armstrong case tell ABC 13 that the juror briefly dated a Harris County prosecutor who has no connection to the Armstrong case. We're also told she was an alternate juror who was not involved in deliberations. Defense attorney Rick Detoto offered no comment, but his motion reads, quote, by withholding this information from the defense during trial, the right to a fair trial was denied. The district attorney's office also declined to comment due to publicity of the case. Judge Kelly Johnson has warned attorneys on both sides not to make statements to the media that could harm the judicial process. It's been more than six months since the retrial ended in no verdict and nearly seven years since Armstrong was charged with killing his parents. Mm. Okay. So, like, they're just waiting through okay. red tape still. And um, it seems like they really don't want people to talk about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So I
1: kind of stand strong with our...
0: our dance yeah. on that Only i'm glad because we i think you and i have a very strong opinion about one side of yes, this case That's that true. i think could be something that might find aj innocent
1: yeah so it's i mean and in addition to that like not that they'd be like well on the we would be dead podcast we heard <laughs> these girls say <laughs> but we also have a, a conscience like yeah. you and i if, if we know that information that we have is not supposed to be broadcast mm-hmm. to a wider net of people, like, we're not going to do it. Yeah. And this is why we never would have met up with strangers on the internet. Yeah, because we're not going to break the rules. <laughs> we're very good little people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh Well, thank you, Holly. That was a great update. No problem. Yeah, we were in need for a little bit. So uh, we will be back next two weeks with yeah. a... um story swap Mm -hmm. and our theme is spring Spring break Break. (laughs) (laughs) so next week you'll get my spring break face and the following you'll get leslie's yes uh yeah so look forward to that and if you have any updates you want to talk about or you would like us to cover in a future update episode because we will do Mm -hmm. more um let us know on our facebook board or in a private message or anywhere
0: yeah let us know that you like this because this is technically our first yeah fully up Like a full update? Yeah, this is the
1: first update episode, but we had some really, like, good information, so that worked. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And if we met up with a stranger from the internet, we we would would be be dead. dead. That's our luck. We'd be dead. Yeah.
0: It would never just be a guy that wanted to talk to us. That's why we just did it. Yeah. We were like, you're right, mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thank God we weren't on apps. You're right, smart child. (laughs) TV program that was terrifying but I still Thanks remember the graffiti. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, the <sighs> Okay, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the We Would Be Dead podcast. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. Rate and review our show on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at wouldbedeadpod. And join our Facebook group to discuss the podcast and more.
1: You're back as a pony. Pony jail for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>